This is Ron Taylor, the Rambling Boy, broadcasting live from Marfa Public Radio Studios in downtown Marfa. This week, I'm going to use the Rambling Boy to toot my own horn because my new book, Turning the Pages of Texas, is just out from Texas Christian University Press. I will be reading from it and signing copies at Front Street Books in Alpine tonight at 6 p.m. and at the Crowley Theater under the sponsorship of the Marfa Book Company in Marfa on Friday, April 5th at 6 p.m. Please come and buy a copy. Turning the Pages of Texas is a book for book lovers. It's a collection of 64 essays about Texas books, Texas writers, Texas book collectors, and Texas book dealers, illustrated with woodcuts by Barbara Whitehead of Austin. All of the essays about books are about real books. I will guarantee you that there is not one book about barbecue mentioned. My friend, the Austin writer Jan Reeds, dates the decline of Texas Monthly, which used to be a pretty good magazine, to the day they hired a barbecue editor, who then started calling barbecue Q, a word I detest. I like barbecue as much as anyone, but I'd far rather eat it than read about it. So there are no books about barbecue mentioned in Turning the Pages of Texas. Nor are there any books about how to dress like, talk like, or act like a Texan. If you were new to Texas, you would better learn that either by observation or, even better, remain who you are. Texas has a rich literature even if you omit books on barbecue and how to impersonate a Texan. And my book deals with two aspects of that literature. I revisit the classics, Dobie, Webb, Benichek, McMurtry, Tom Lee, and John Graves. And I conclude that as a writer, Graves has it all over the discursive Dobie, the Dewar Webb, and the glib Belichick, and even over McMurtry, who seems to have published everything that has ever come out of his typewriter. You will have to read the book to find out why I think Graves is so good, but I will give you a hint. It has to do with careful craftsmanship. I also write about less known authors who I think should be considered classics. C.L. Sonicson, Americo Paredes, A.C. Green for A Personal Country, and that redoubtable old Texas Ranger, James B. Gillette, who wrote his six years with the Texas Rangers on his Barrel Spring Ranch near Fort Davis. The other aspect of Texas literature that I write about in turning the pages of Texas, is books about Texas that are not well known, 
but that I think throw light on important aspects of Texas life. A good example is Tony Cano's The Other Side of the Tracks, a privately published memoir in the form of a novel about growing up poor and Mexican in Marfa in the 1950s. It should be required reading for anyone who wants to understand the wounding discrimination that Spanish-speaking people faced in West Texas in those days. Placed on a shelf beside it are Gloria Lopez Stafford's A Place in El Paso and Ricardo de Palacios's Tio Cowboy, Juan Salinas, Rodeo Roper and Horseman. None of these books are ever going to appear on anyone's list of the 50 best books about Texas, but all three tell important stories about life in our state. Some of the authors I mentioned are well known for their writing, but not for their writing about Texas. Bobby Louise Hawkins became famous as a feminist poet in the 1970s and 80s after she left her husband, the poet Robert Creeley, who told her there was room for only one writer in their house. She toured the country, reciting her poetry with folk singer Rosalie Sorrells and poet Terry Garthwaite, and published 20 books of poems, all of them very good. But she also wrote a book called Back to Texas, an account of a road trip she made in 1977 with her mother from Albuquerque to her birthplace in Abilene. That is one of the best things ever written about West Texas. It was published by an obscure press in Berkeley, California, in an edition of 750 copies. It is so beautifully written that it showed me how to complete a writing project that I've been working on for 20 years. I love Austin, and so I wrote about a trio of Austin books, Eddie Wilson's and Jesse Sublett III's Armadillo World Headquarters, a memoir, Sublet's Never the Same Again, and a poignant novel by Karen Olson, Waterloo, which sank without a trace when it was published in 2005 and richly deserves to be resurrection. There are omissions that I regret. I have never been able to get enough material together on the enigmatic Fort Worth author James Atlee Phillips to write about him. Even though his 1940 novel about Fort Worth's young country club set, The Inheritors, created such a scandal when it was published that it is still remembered with a shudder in Fort Worth. Phillips, who died in 1991, went on to write 29 popular detective novels under the name Philip Attlee. But he is remembered in Fort Worth as the ungrateful native son who wrote a book about girls who got abortions and boys who shot rats in the city dump for sport. There are stories about houses in Fort Worth 
where there are hidden copies of the inheritors with the names of the people on whom Phillips based his characters written on their flyleaves. But I have never found any of them. And with one exception, no one in Fort Worth who knew Phillips cared to talk to me about him. Nor have I ever written about Jan Reed, whose long string of books, starting with the improbable rise of Redneck Rock in 1974, and proceeding through the best novel ever written about Quanah Parker, Comanche Sundown, 2010, and a fine novel about the Basque separatist movement, Sins of the Younger Sons, 2017, and a slew of other volumes, including a biography of Ann Richards, make him one of the most important Texas writers living today. Phillips and Reed will have to wait for another volume, along with Noah Smithwick and Bill Brammer and Jovita Gonzalez and Dave Hickey and Sarah Bird and Sandra Cisneros and dozens of others that I want to get down on paper. In the meantime, I hope readers enjoy turning the pages of Texas. You've been listening to Lon Taylor, the Rambling Boy. I'll be back next Friday at 11 with another story about Texas. In the meantime, remember that you can read The Rambling Boy in the Big Ben Sentinel every Thursday. This program is made possible by a generous grant from the Summerlee Foundation's program in Texas history. <laughs>